0: Welcome to the round table. I am Jennifer Eller and with me today is my co-host Mike Hill and our producer Nick Wilson. And our guests today are Herb and Janet Gass.
1: Yay.
2: Welcome.
0: <laughs> Thanks. How you
3: how long have you been at Life Church?
2: Oh boy. I was afraid of that question. Um,
3: <laughs> well you can just say anything. Nobody will no. know. We,
2: Two came, years? we came during COVID. Okay. I want to oh. say 2020
3: yeah yeah is that when COVID was yeah I always even forget it was 20
2: or 21 when we started coming Um, Mm -hmm. our son Caleb's attended here for several years Mm -hmm. prior to that and he just said hey we're still meeting so yeah you know ours was online mostly so we just wanted to be in a church family so Mm -hmm. we started coming at that time
0: yeah yeah awesome so what do you guys like to do do anything fun together do you have any hobbies together uh-huh. Most
4: of our stuff is we do together. Really, Good. anything yeah. outdoors, hiking I stuff, love to hike. skiing. We just went on a family trip here a couple a month ago now. Ooh. No, at
2: Christmas. Christmas, Christmas time,
4: um, but yeah, and then the, the boys like anything with motors that makes a lot of noise. Mm. So,
0: <laughs> so how old are your children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no I Okay, would Dad, know answer. Yeah, I'm I, the force <laughs> him to answer I? Kayla's yeah. 26,
2: 27, 27. Alicia is
4: 30. 30, yeah. yeah. I knew Alicia just turned 30. So
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Awesome. Wow. So skiing part of it, like if that's something you guys did growing up, like with your kids, did you? Yeah. You, you did well,
2: he did. I did.
3: Okay. Yeah, we
4: did. Cause it we took the kids, plus we did a lot with <laughs> our the youth. We helped a lot with the youth right. before a previous church. So we were always taking the kids up, so mm-hmm. our kids just came along, and then we just kind of started going as well.
3: And Yeah, that's why I was on Sarah. All my kids mm-hmm. learned on youth trips. Mm-hmm. Yep. So they all went, and then I would teach youth kids, and then they were really little, so then they would ski in between my legs the whole time. Yeah. And, you know, pretty soon they're good, and then they kept coming on trips, and then you just keep doing each mm-hmm. one of them yeah. after that. So they all they all learned, you know, do that. In fact, Lexi was just at Caberfae this weekend because that's where we used to do all of our youth ski yep. trips yeah. at ca- up in Cadillac. And yep. there used to be like a youth retreat right yep. off of that, mm-hmm. so you could go stay at the retreat and then go, yeah, ski at the well, same time. Well,
4: there's a mm-hmm. tell you how old I am. There used to be a place to ski in Wawasee. <laughs> you're literally, it was an old gravel pit that you skied into the back. End. I mean, this is like <laughs> something wow. legal. Huh? Yeah. Like this was something oh, like, yeah.
0: If they had
1: enough
2: snow. If
4: they had enough snow. we went. Did to, you we, go
0: like in a circle or something? <laughs> it's Basically, I mean. you're
4: on a rope, you up and you down and you're back up. But then we started going up into Michigan and farther and farther <laughs> mm-hmm. and adventuring up and we finally got up to like Boeing Mountain. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So then this year, we finally went to the big times and went out to Colorado. So yeah. Yeah. Was that
3: the first time you've been to Colorado? Mm-hmm. It okay. was.
0: Yeah. Did yeah. you ski, Jana? I did not. Okay, I didn't think you were
2: going to, yeah, but... Yeah, no. That's I'm, really not uh, your thing. I'm the lodge dweller. Give me a good book Aww. and I'll
0: sit by the fire. <laughs> yeah, but you were sick this time, weren't you? I got you? sick yeah. when we got Aww. there, so
2: nah, I was uh. the home dweller while they went out and had fun.
3: You got sick yeah, right I when did. you got there?
2: I did. Oh, that's awful. The night before we flew out, I uh. got the worst sore throat ever, and then it went downhill from there, And so. you had
0: to fly and travel? Yeah. Oh. Uh. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah.
2: I was kind of down and out for Christmas Day and the day after, and then I mm. perked back up again.
4: Plus, most of the days we were out, it was single digits. Like yeah. it was oh seven my. and eight the whole time. So I
2: that's was what perfectly we were skiing, content huh? sitting by the fire <laughs> for sure, <laughs> yeah, watching la- it snow uh, outside. The
3: last time we <clears throat> went to Colorado was during COVID, and they wouldn't unless you oh. had a vaccination card. Mm. You couldn't get into the lodge, mm. so you would <laughs> ski, you know, and you'd be out there and the like. Got icicles <laughs> hanging <laughs> up your you can't and go in here. They out. have a little hallway, like it's cordoned off. You could go in and go to the bathroom, but then you had to sit outside the rest. You couldn't go into any of the warming stations. That's, That's crazy. interesting. My. I was like, Breckenridge, I am never coming back. Wow. I'm so mad. I'm like, seriously? Wow. You go up yeah. to the door and they have guards. Wow. Yeah. Vaccination <laughs> card guards I could, back in the yeah. day.
4: I could see that from Colorado. So. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> wow
3: yeah the first time we went we went with the hoppers out there oh yeah so it was on uh Caleb and senior year so Brady would have been a junior we are getting the gondola so we're going up and uh and I didn't even think about this but pot was legal out there mm-hmm. right. I mean it's been legal out there for a long time <laughs> and so the guys in the thing are offering the boys gummies and yeah. I'm like I don't think you should take food, and and Brady's like those are not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hot! Yes, yeah. I never yeah. really even thought about it, but that's back. They had there. a dispensary
2: wow. in the middle of one of the mountains. That Did they really? Yeah. yeah, up off the
4: back side. It's called the. the I'd have been that skiing. I may have been there. Mary Jane. No, uh, oh, yeah.
0: It was called what? Mary, called Jane. Mary Jane. I that can't be good for people to be skiing <laughs> Hi. I mean, that just can't be like.
4: It's, I guess it's no worse than the people who always
3: carry their flask around. Oh, I was the time. gonna say more people than you think are skiing yeah. drunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, because in Colorado, like you can ski halfway down. There's a bar. <laughs> yeah. Oh you my know, gosh. Tons of people will just ski into the bar and <laughs> <laughs> hang out at the bar and yeah, and then that's
0: very true. I leave a shelter. I live a sheltered life because yeah. that's but craziness. But I would say a
3: lot. I mean, people that are drinkers tend to carry a flask of whiskey with them. Oh my gosh. All the time, whenever yep. they're skiing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow.
0: Wow. So so you read books. So what kind of books do
3: you read, Anna? <laughs> let's, let's, we'll
0: just move on here. Let's change the subject. <laughs> oh. Alcohol and drugs. I don't think that's what we want to be known for. So,
2: No, no, no definitely not. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to read some, but not a ton. Hmm. But if I do read, I like to read true stories, like mm. true mm. stories of missionaries or, mm. you know, things that really happen. Yeah. Um, martyr, martyr stories and Hmm. things like that. Yeah. So
4: that's, that's what I'm getting into. I am. Okay. Yep. Alicia and I usually do here lately. Alicia usually passes me her book. She has Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's either war stories or same thing. Like we just got done reading called the Alice network. It's world war one. There is a ladies that wanted to help with the war, but weren't allowed to be soldiers. So they recruited them to actually be spies and the Germans never paid any attention to him, and they turned out to be these valuable assets of the war.
3: Mm-hmm. The Alice wow. Network. Yep. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hmm. Yep. Did you ever read, like, from a missionary, the Jerusalem to Irwin-Jawa that talks about, what's that guy's name? He went over to China. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I, I can't remember Yeah, his I know name. who you're talking about, too. I can't remember yeah. it. It I mean, it's a really cool book. Yeah, yeah. When I went over to Guatemala, the guy, for, you know, we'd go a couple times a year. And when I was thinking about being a missionary, he's like, You need to read this book, From mm-hmm. Jerusalem to Irwin Jawa. And I'm like, What? Yeah. I mean, what kind of a weird, you know, but it was a a great book from the concept of a guy mm-hmm. that essentially gave up everything, became a part of the culture, right. you know, and yeah. started, you know, a missionary movement over there. And I'm like, mm-hmm. That's hardcore. Yeah.
1: yeah you it's, know, that.
4: When you see the people like that, we had a, a Couple like that, um, that came into the tribe and refused to build because the problem is too many westerners come in and they want to build a western house in the tribe. Right. They'll build a house, keep it simple, but they did said they wouldn't do that. They lived in a grass hut just like everybody else did. It got to the point to where the to the locals said, "No, you're not. You're not a local. You need to build a regular hut." <laughs> but they yeah. had a lot of respect for them. Then right. they did the respect that they <clears> held, and they were. The, you, it makes a big difference on kind of breaking the ice on getting yeah, in. whether you fit big, in or not. Yeah, whether, yeah, whether you're yeah. part of the
3: tribe or not. Yeah. So I always think that's interesting, the whole, you know, that's been a big question for the past even five or six years. Like, how does a Western missionary fit into – going over and immersing themselves into culture and how much how helpful is it and right. what does it really look like that that's been a big discussion which i'm sure we'll get into when you guys talk about your missionary journey so we're we're ahead of the game sorry hey we can yeah. we can talk about it now if you want to but
0: i think we need to back up a little yes. bit it's sure. like you know that is part of your story but what did it look like prior to that you know what was your journey to faith like what was it like as a kid and um you know, did you go to church as a kid? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I grew mm-hmm. up in a in a Christian home. We were always in church when the doors were open. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and you're from yeah. here, like I'm you're from, from Huntington? Here.
2: Yeah, okay. I grew up in Union Church, born and raised in Union Church. Oh wow! Um, yeah, my dad died at a very young age sixty one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the closer I get to it, the mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. young it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but How yeah. old was he? Sixty one. Mm. So he died in 1992. So he's been gone a long time. Um, but yeah, no, I grew up in a Christian home, and
0: did you take mission trips as a kid? I did not, you did not. Okay,
2: that's kind of a whole story in itself that we can get into, (laughs) but I can let you let Herb say how he grew up.
4: I grew up in a Catholic family, um, always going to church, but the biggest thing for me was I just didn't see a difference in people's lives, and especially as a teenager, I'm looking at that going. I see what they do all week, and then I see what they do on Sunday, and I'm like, <clears throat> I don't even I don't, as a teenager, yeah, that's I don't, something e- that stuck out. Yeah, I don't see a mm-hmm. difference. And I had a couple instances of just things that happened along the way. Like I got another backup, just interesting. We met at church camp when we were nine years old.
3: Mm. Wow. So you guys are one of them.
1: <laughs>
2: one of them. <laughs> he liked me. We saw each other once a year at church camp. He liked me every year. He followed me around, I say, like a little puppy dog. And I thought he was so gross. I get away, from
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: Get away. Well, like nine second, years so you're old. Not, you're from Huntington, too, right? Wells yeah. County.
2: I grew yeah. up in Wells County. He
3: went to Norwell.
4: So my aunt would invite us to church camp, and we started going to church camp. And I could see the difference between the two churches. And it just, it always kind of like, this isn't our this something's different here. And then I remember probably one of the biggest factors that really changed my life was I was, my sister had gotten married. My oldest sister got married and her husband's family had a house fire. They had seven kids lost everything. Hmm. I had just had mentioned it at church for a prayer request. Cause it was literally like the night before no questions asked the gentleman, good friend of mine. Now nah, he passed away, but came up to me, and he goes, we would like to help. I'm like 12 or 13, and I'm going, Hmm. okay. He handed me a very large check and said, could you make sure and get this to them? Really? Oh, yeah. Wow,
3: he must have thought you were
1: responsible. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty impressive. So
4: that right there just was like, Hmm. wait a second. I've been to church my whole life, but I've never seen anything like that to Mm -hmm. where... And that was just the life. That was the normal that I saw over and over again of Hmm. when things happened or, I mean, we had a group of us that, couples that basically all grew up and raised our kids together and everything else. And we had a crew of guys that if you needed to remodel the house, we, we had a roofing crew, literally (laughs) went around and did, I think we did like 10, 12 roofs one year Mm -hmm. because that's, everybody was buying houses and starting in and we dug we dug a couple graves for kids for a couple of mm. families that didn't have enough money to pay for the
3: funeral and mm. just live life that way. And it was mm. just, so did you guys keep going? Cause I'm like, I feel like you've, you got fast forward a lot. We were at nine years old, you chasing around. <laughs> and thought you were, a I started going <laughs> <little laughs>
4: when I was, when I got my driver's license, my dad, my dad's kind of different thinking was I don't care where you go. You just need to believe in something. Okay. So I'm like, my
3: option. I'm going that you, you away. You were still chasing her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm he going started that
2: coming to Archer. And you didn't
3: so. think he was gross then? The older he got, did um, he become less gross? He
2: asked me out on our first <laughs> I date. I <hope> so. <laughs> <laughs> she married him. I married him. I got over that part, I guess. But. No, when we were 16, he asked me to go to a ball game down at mm-hmm. Markle Park with him, and that was kind of our first official, non-official mm-hmm. date, I guess. But.
4: Yeah, because her parents didn't like me and at the time. They didn't mm-hmm. like him at all. Until they I found him. Found. Because they thought he was gross. They thought too. he was
2: a heathen, and
4: I was a rough farm kid. He was pretty rough at that
2: time. Kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So.
3: Like describe so. rough. <laughs> Maybe you should describe rough.
4: I did not live my life the greatest growing up. I mean, we kind of did whatever we wanted to do when we wanted to do it. We were the party. Said what you thought. Said what you thought. My mouth was horrific, hmm. and yeah. yeah, just rough. Kind of
3: farm kid that. Yeah, so growing Mm -hmm. up in the church, and but then you guys start to date, Mm -hmm. and so was that a big deal to you that he was?
2: My my parents found out who he was related to in our church. Like him, you probably know Ron and Julie Getz. Mm -hmm. Him and Julie are first cousins. Oh, so they're the ones that got him and his brothers and sisters coming to church camp. So as soon as my parents found out they were connected to the Klein family
3: always good (laughs) oh that's how it works (laughs) so you get the in as long as you're in the family tree they say he's
2: okay i'm gonna trust (laughs) them so
3: yeah
2: so yeah we started dating at that time we dated all through high school broke up after high school his parents went through an ugly divorce very ugly divorce um what was the breakup
3: like Got sick of each other? No, or? he
2: was just afraid the same thing was going to happen to us. Mm. Oh, really? Divorce. Yeah, I, didn't, so.
4: I was not letting that happen again. I was not going to be that way. We
2: argued a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, okay. In so, our
4: younger years, we did not know how to communicate. Yeah. So our communication was Fight. full on screaming yell. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it yeah. was bad. Like
3: our first four I, or five years of our marriage was really bad. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, so, have, that would surprise mm-hmm. me. Like, looking at both of you, pretty mild-mannered. Like, I can't imagine the... Don't I mean, get me stirred up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: No. We, mm-hmm. we did. We had a lot of anger management issues. Um, I think, yeah, I won't go into that. Yeah,
3: we'll go through. I'm Like, I'm curious about mm-hmm. the... So were you, like, making him a better man? Was he making you a worse, like... You, you know what I'm saying, right? For all these people that are out there, like yeah. having this concept, I don't were you know how to being a, that. I mean, were you helping him navigate? Because it sounds like he grew up in church, but I mean, it didn't stick all that well no. through right. that concept. Right. And I, that's what I wondered. Like, were you like, hey, I'm going to change him? Hey, I think kind I of. can make him better. There's a lot, there
4: was a lot of, that was back in the days when you had a lot of the revival services for church. Okay. We had a lot of guys that really just, really, how do you say, meant a lot to me and really got me thinking a lot. Okay. And I tend was tending to be pretty emotional on some of those and just, but I would always tend to just revert back and forth. Okay. And it really wasn't until after, later on, after we'd broke up, I went to basic training and literally I can remember this to this day, just like God speaking to me, laying in bed one night. They had just lights out. And I, um, on the way down to basic, um, we went to Indy, the reception center, they had to stand for Gideon Bibles. So I grabbed one, stuck it in my pocket, and started reading. Hmm. And I can remember that night, sitting there in bed, and I could just literally remember God going, well, what are you doing? Hmm. Because you either got to make a decision. You're either one way or the other. You're not. This, mm-hmm. There is no riding on the fence. It's either one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And that was just a very dramatic time in my life to where of the change started of that my faith became real to me. Hmm. And, yeah, just... Yeah. I didn't even know you were in the military. Yeah.
3: So when you guys mm-hmm. broke up, like you just took off and went to the military. That was his escape. That
4: yeah. was my I literally I was running mm-hmm. the divorce been through mom and dad's divorce. We'd lost the farm, grew up in the lost the farm. Mm-hmm. Things were not fun at home. It was pretty ugly. I just wanted out. I didn't mm-hmm. care where. I literally was driving around. Mm-hmm. I was going around the block at Huntington and then the recruiting station used to be right there beside the courthouse downtown. I literally drove around and go, Hey, there it is. Mm-hmm. Threw it back around the block, parked my truck, walked in. That guy had to think I was a whack. (laughs) (laughs) Because I walked in and he's like, you know, they they give you the whole spiel. I'm like, sure, okay, (laughs) whatever,
3: sign me up. Wow. So without airing your like going into all of it, like I'm always curious a kid's perspective of divorce, right? So when you say, Mm. because I get the ugliness of like people getting a divorce because it's just everything that goes into obviously they don't like each other and obviously you're trying to figure out how to separate assets but mm-hmm. I always wonder like what is a kid's perspective when you see your parents get divorced like what was it that you were going through what was it that you were thinking like what made it ugly in enough that you're saying I'm out like He's not sk- so
2: much that he was a kid even I mean he was 18, 19 years old. I was old.
4: a teenager at that time. I kind of went through it. We had just yeah. lost the farm. Okay. I was, and I didn't, I never realized how much that affected me, hmm. but I literally grew up from the time I was big enough to drag a water hose to hmm. feed and watering hogs. And that was my job. We watered hogs and you went around hmm. and I wasn't, dad never let us play, me play sports or anything else. So that was, that was my life, the farm. Hmm. And then it just, he never really communicated with me. I don't know if he didn't think he needed to or what. But then when it all kind of went away, when all that all went under, I was mad. Mm-hmm. I put all those years into that and all that time into it. And then in the meantime, he I don't think he knew how to deal with it now that I look back. And Satan provided him with a, his out was another lady. So he got remarried and he wasn't very good at his dates. And we kind of caught him talking one day that mm-hmm. she was around before the divorce ever happened cuz we're li- he's literally telling us his mm-hmm. story one time and we're mm. like we're like wait a second mm. you guys went on a trip and you aren't divorced yet you're still together and that just I was mm. from that point on I was just a very very mad
1: yeah
2: so to bring hmm. this back full circle he was just an angry mad yeah mm. i for wasn't sure. i'm not going to say i was a strong christian i wasn't my faith wasn't where it should have been by any means but just seeing the ugliness that he was portraying is what caused our arguments? Hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think so, that's so. Again, I'm always curious the the hurt, mm-hmm. like you yeah. know, the like obviously they can't get along and they right. they move apart, but just the the ongoing how it affects kids. Yeah, because then
4: it's and then it becomes a, well, we got Christmas. I hate mm-hmm. I hate the holidays because yeah. it was whose house are you going to? You go to mom's, you go to dad's, you go to mm-hmm. it's just the mm-hmm. split, and I just. I just got to the point where I didn't want to be a part of either one of them. I just, mm-hmm. it was not fun, so.
3: Yeah, and so to kind of, so you leave and take off, and so do you guys stay in contact? I mean, do you still like him?
2: Yeah, I was I was heartbroken because he literally just fell off the face of the earth mm-hmm. in my book. You he, know, just he just dumped just left. you. Yeah. I mean, it was a mutual breakup, but, yeah, he went to South Carolina for basic training, and that was before cell phones, you mm-hmm. know, so we just had zero communication. mm um, but, well, obviously, eventually we did. Because I had because, started writing you a letter. Yeah, because when he came back, he went through, what, six, eight weeks of basic training and then another six, eight weeks of AIT and then came home and asked me to marry him.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was waiting so there You meet each other and now we're four getting married. <laughs> so,
2: no. You know, I went off to the
4: That was a we couple years in between. Years the whole thing. It was yeah.
3: a couple of years. You
1: asked me when you were home from.
2: Right, MIT. but we'd been broke up for a couple oh, right. of years before that. Right.
3: Oh, before the yeah. taking off part. You're
2: right. Because we had started talking. Because we had started talking and hit
4: and miss then just as we ran into each other and stuff. But it was when he came back from the military that we got engaged.
2: Yeah, you're right. Sorry.
3: Oh, no, I just I still like Timeline the, of things gets you guys ringing. were <laughs> high school, middle school, nine year old elementary. <laughs> <scene> <laughs> arts, right. Like, and then you get to the place where it gets rocky and, and you break okay. up. And mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just wonder how the world did you ever come back together? Like, that's the we part st- that I'm trying to. We, we just st- knew it still tight
4: talking. Yeah. We still. And that was the thing, kind of the, the time just from growing mm-hmm. up, because that was back when you just wrote letters to each other.
3: Well, she Do was you still have any of them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go now. Dukes of letters? Hazzard is on. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny.
2: Mm, <laughs> no, you don't have any.
0: I may have one that he wrote <gasps> me. Yeah. Yeah, that's no. the way he signed oh, one of my letters. My kids
3: found love letters, and they were like,
0: mm-hmm.
3: not only were they gushy, they're like, Dad you were saying this to mom in high school, and I'm like, don't read this. <laughs> <laughs> Was it X-rated or something? There's probably a few oh of them that gosh. were. Yeah, I never no. claimed to be above board. So. Know, yeah, 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 no, some of them probably were. Young
0: weird. boy hormones. Yeah,
3: right. So I'm pretty, <laughs> sure, pretty sure some of that came out. Did you ever live in the letter days, or were you, like, phone people? No, I'm not that young. Okay, so you actually wrote a oh, you wrote some letters? I wrote some letters. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So you guys didn't didn't like go off find other people yeah. come back. We dated yeah, we, we both, both dated, dated other, other people, people for a while just but, but it, you just <laughs> like knew it was to be. Mhm. Hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jennifer. I kind of just derailed that whole process. Keep going. I'm just completely. Just interested keep on going. In the, the whole fact of how keep that Keep on works.
0: going. Yeah, yeah.
3: So when you guys choose to get married, right? So you come back. You mm-hmm. choose to get married. In when you're in the military.
4: But I was see, you got. I went in the reserves. Okay. He signed me up for reserves. So I was only going on weekends and stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I never went. So you in full go time. to
3: basic and then you do the whole weekend, weekend thing. Yep. Yeah. So you guys come back. You get married. Mm-hmm. Right. So get engaged. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about. Because not that you have to go into great detail. So, but I always think it's good to talk through some of the struggles that way, like people can know and understand what that looks like. So you said the first part of your marriage was a Mm -hmm. struggle. Like, can you talk about like what some of the struggles were and then how you got out of them? Because I would say there are a lot of couples in the first couple years Mm -hmm. of their marriage that, yeah, I mean, that. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks that's going to be the easiest time. I think the no, first part of it was the hardest. Mm. Hard. Did you when you were Mm-mm. married? No.
0: No, because we, I mean, we moved to Purdue, so we were away from family for three years. Mm. So it was just him and I. So yeah. we yeah. think that was one of the best parts because we didn't have people speaking into our
3: lives. They mm. couldn't come
0: over whenever they wanted to. They couldn't, you know. And yeah. so yeah. we were we were away. So yeah, yeah that yeah. helped.
3: Yeah. So can you talk about what were some of you guys' struggles and how did you work through them? And at that time. Were you guys back in the church? Like, were you? Yeah, we never
0: left
1: the church.
2: We kept
3: going, and it just I think um, probably one of the biggest ones
4: was how to communicate correctly. Okay, we did, everybody, we just kind of did our things, but never. Commun- and then another one that it sounds stupid once you've kind of been there, but I can remember Stephen Twyla Lee at one of their marriage seminars going, "How to fight fair," mm. and just working mm. through that and what that looks like in. 'Cause early on, I can her I can remember her and I having this discussion thinking, well, nobody else's marriage is like this. We're why are we the only one that has having all these problems Everybody and nobody else has a perfect marriage perfect marriage and can't mm-hmm. can't figure it out. And it just seemed like it just kept was this big you never resolved anything. Mm-hmm. So you just it was from one thing to the next. Yeah. You went a few days, everything was honky, dory, but then by the time you come back to the next time and emotions got high again. You just started over from drug the previous from one the and drug yeah, it all. Yeah, square one. You never you never learned how to resolve it. Right. And it wasn't until we went to um, counseling. Oh, yeah, we had to go to counseling. Of Because um, Howard, I talked to Howard Cherry at that time. He's a huge
3: mentor in my life. Well, wait a second, because I think that's a big deal. Like, I think there are tons of marriages that need counseling, you know? Oh, yeah. And I, a lot of people won't admit it.
1: In, uh, yeah. in, like, they
3: the, only come at the end where it's like, can you either make, do a miracle or tell me it's legal to get divorced? Correct. Right? Like, that's usually when I... Like, when I get involved with people, it's usually clear at the end. Not, okay, we're struggling. We got issues. We need to... Like, what brought you... How did you get to the place where... I'm going to say humbled yourself because I still say that's a lot of reason people won't do it because you admit mm. if you're going to counseling, then everybody knows. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Hey, they're in counseling.
4: And yeah. it's breaking that stigma that you're, j- sometimes it's so hard for, especially young men, you got your ego. There's I'm to admit we're all screwed up. We're right. all messed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, And then to get to the point that I can't do this myself, mm. I need somebody else to come alongside and look at this and go, well, here I mean a lot most of the time it's pretty obvious but to go here it is. So did somebody
3: it? help you recognize that or you just come to that on your own? We we started I started
4: talking with Pastor Howard at the time.
3: This and, is the Pastor Union. Yeah. Okay. And
4: then he recommended us go to oh, what was his name? He just passed away few. Just... Mm-hmm. Anyway, we went to a Thank counselor you. and that was the best thing we ever did. Mm-hmm. Should have done it. A couple years sooner and saved ourselves a whole lot Mm -hmm. of misery along Mm -hmm. the way and he helped you don't understand i didn't understand how much baggage we carry Mm -hmm. and if we've never processed Mm -hmm. that just like the losing the farm the divorce Mm -hmm. and how things you had growing up and sometimes it's not necessarily that traumatic things but it's just how you processed it of how that transfers over into your marriage hmm. and you've never taken, if you've never taken that time to work through it and to figure it out, it's coming out whether you want it to or not right. sooner or later, it's coming out. Right. But it's just getting that help for sometimes somebody to come alongside and go, listen, knucklehead, do you really love this lady? Cause here's your responsibility. God lays it out pretty clear. Right. And then
3: But I still think that's a disconnect. Like when you when you say that, like I still think that's a complete disconnect because when I do that high school small group on Sunday nights is so, you know, meet with it uh, and I did a group of boys last year and then this year I did this I'm doing a group of boys and girls together, but they're in high school, and so we were on the whole going through you know adam and eve and sin entered the world and the whole idea that adam's standing right there and does nothing about it but there's a huge responsibility for a man and guard protect lead you're gonna be held accountable for now there's probably eight guys in this small group and not one of them like their response was i've never even heard that before now how in the world did we go like you're saying? Like I get it. It's my responsibility. I need to step up and do. it. How in the world do we got these high school boys that don't know that it's their responsibility to lead, protect, take care of, be in the front lines, guard, understand accountability? Like how did they get? How did we get so far from that?
4: Because everything they hear now is it's all about me. It's not about
3: it's not about her.
4: And and that was the thing too is I had to learn and understand what love really meant and what. <laughs> what true definition of love because our definition nowadays is so jacked and skewed that mm. how can I love her truly? And then, but if I don't truly understand and two, and we've talked about this numerous times, we even we were just talking about it last week. She cannot be my all. Mm. It's impossible. <laughs> she cannot meet all my needs. Right. It's, it's impossible. Right. If I'm not relying on God for that, because I think you guys just talked about that with Kelly mm-hmm. is you can't meet each other's needs. Mm-hmm. We have to rely on God for that. If we do, we're putting an unrealistic burden on our
3: spouse. Yeah, they become mm-hmm. God. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they become your rock. You know, not that they shouldn't be a part of that, but when they become the replacement for God, that's when it gets unhealthy. Yep, and so, mm-hmm. Jana, were you encouraging Kerb to be like, go talk mm-hmm. to the pastor, we have problems? Or was that just like, you came up with that on your own?
2: It was more herb that came up with that than me. I was an angry person. Yeah. Um without going into great detail. I just grew up in kind of an explosive home. Yeah. It was a Christian home. Yeah. We were always in church, but there was a lot of anger behind the scenes hmm. that got put on the back burner when we entered the church doors. Yeah. So we entered looking perfect. <laughs> right. And so I I uh harbored a lot of anger
1: Hmm.
3: and so that kind of carried over and it carried
2: over into our relationship i never my parents were not touchy-feely at all they jumped Hmm. apart if you saw them holding hands or kissing if somebody kissed on tv the hands went over my (laughs) eyes you know it was like so intimacy was not a thing with us because Hmm. to me it was not supposed to happen right it was dirty
1: right um, right.
2: so between the anger and the, even holding hands, he's like, he was, his parents modeled it perfectly. Right. And then they ended up getting a divorce, which doesn't make sense, but they were very, you know, hands on and I didn't want anything to do with it. So right. I was just angry. So it was him that's like, we got to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah. Well, I, again, <laughs> I just commend you because that's just not
2: mm-hmm.
3: usually the case. It's usually yeah. the wife saying, Listen. You either get something or I'm out. I mean, yeah.
2: I mean, I'm going to say I know we needed it. Sure. I didn't fight it. Right. But he's the one that brought it to the table. I
4: think it's just my determination from the time we got married is I'm not doing what I watched happen to somebody else. I'm not going through the divorce thing. And that was the big thing that even the counselor talked about is, is understanding marriage is a covenant. This isn't a, okay, I didn't like it. I'm bailing on. I'm going to the next one. This is a lifetime thing. It's figuring it out and, and learning mm. to be a student of her, and then learning to work through the difficulties. And the, the crazy part of it is, is, marriage is such a weird thing because it's one of the most awesome things in your life, but yet it's some of the things the most, frustrating. most frustrating thing <laughs> in your life. True. Because, in just about that time you think you get her figured out, right? Things change. Something hey. along, something comes along. <laughs> yeah, because either through kids. you get beyond the kids, then it changes again. It's just that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, and I, 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 I'm (laughs) convinced God made it that Mm -hmm. way so that he, we see who we really are Mm -hmm. and understand that I'm not such a great guy as much as I think I am sometimes. No, I just, again, Mm -hmm. I think
3: that's the wisdom for the people that are listening and watching. I mean, the wisdom of, and seeing, this is the way it's Mm -hmm. supposed to work because I'm convinced Every single marriage gets to the point where it's on the brink at some point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I they won't admit it, but I'm like, listen, if you're real, every marriage has had those moments of mm-hmm. yep. like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm not that happy. I mean, it's, the levels might be different, but I think that's mm-hmm. in because again, I think it's Satan's plan to destroy mm-hmm. the yep. family, and yep. I think Agreed. he uses those tools, and I think there's great wisdom. One, and saying, listen, you shouldn't have to wait on your wife to tell you I'm leaving before we go get help, right. right? Like, you shouldn't have to do that. And as a man, you should look at it and say, it is my responsibility to bring my family together and make the difference and be the one that leads the process. I just think it's a rarity, but young men that are listening <laughs> or watching or whoever's out there, for a man to step up, say, we need help. Humble himself because that's the other part of it. Most men won't do it because they don't want to show that yeah. they need it. And then be able to see the outcome, right? Of mm-hmm. wow, I could actually learn something. Well
4: that and mm-hmm. I think too, we we gotta change the voice that they hear on the outside. Because from the outside it says people are saying that's a weakness, mm-hmm. that you're not strong. Whereas in my mind, that's a strength. That's a strong man that can help and understand that I'm not I'm okay with it. I I'm not getting this, I'm not mm-hmm. getting I'm not making the right changes I need. I need somebody else to go.
3: A strong man would be somebody who could ask for help.
4: Ask that help and go, it's okay. That's a good Mm -hmm. thing.
3: That's not a bad thing. Yeah. But it is abnormal. Yeah. I mean, for men, like for men to ask for help, Mm -hmm. I think for sure is a stigma. Yeah. You know, in a lot of areas, whether it's work, whether it's home life, whether it's my spirituality, whether it's like, I think the idea that you can't do it on your own is a sign of like men see it as a sign of weakness. I
4: would I would agree. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So fast forward. So you guys, you, you, you get it together, right. And things start to, to, to go on the right track. So kind of walk us through that journey of, you know, because if people don't know, like you end up as missionaries in Papua New Guinea. And so if you were, I mean if you're sitting here listening <laughs> to your story you're like you're how the here heck that? Yeah, <laughs> like how did you get to the place where you're willing to sacrifice it all cuz i mean again leaving for the mission field is not a and leaving for Papua New Guinea i mean it's not as like far going away to, as you can possibly <laughs> get right that's what i'm saying it's not like you're leaving and going right to mexico not yeah. that it's
2: right but that is
3: a that's a pretty big leap it is a very big leap so what prepared you guys to get to the place where, again, you answer the what I would consider the ultimate call is is we're all missionaries and we're missionaries all the time and we should be missionaries in every realm that we're in. But that place where people always ask the question, this is one, would I die for Christ? Well, that one's a hard one because Everybody says they would right? until they want to shoot your wife right. or kids and right. not you. Yeah, exactly. like, that's an easy thing to say. We exactly. all want to say that it would be okay for them to murder our whole family and we'd all die for Christ. But, but the mm-hmm. other one all, always is the same, and we had this discussion last night at men's group, is, is that like, God doesn't call you to have to be a pauper and have nothing, you know? where when you do have something and he ca- asks you to give it all up, you know, to go do something else. Like I think that's a, that's a stretch. Yeah. You know, and takes a lot. I think a, a preparation process. I don't think you just okay and be a Christian and just give it all up. So mm-hmm. can you talk about how God prepared your hearts or got you to that place where, not that it was an yeah. easy decision, but a decision that you said yes to.
2: Well, yeah. Um, God worked on his heart a lot earlier than mine. Okay. <laughs> I had no desire for missions okay. whatsoever. Never even entered my mind. Had no desire. Um, We got married in 1989. Had our kids in the 90s. Um, In 1997, so our kids were 10, 12 years old. No, 8, 10 years old. um, Herb went on a mission trip with a group from the church. Um, He wanted me to go. He begged me to go. (laughs) I said, nope, no desire. I'm staying in America. (laughs) I'm not leaving. Um, He went Two weeks, came back a totally changed man.
1: Mm.
2: I've never seen such a drastic change in a man in my life. Um,
3: just being on the mission just field. Just
2: being there. Yeah. Did you, where'd you go, Herb?
3: We went to Haiti. Haiti? Haiti, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and what the ugly side of me was I got mad. Mm. I got jealous. Mm-hmm. He bonded with this group. He saw things. He shared things that I would never share. Mm. It was just a very selfish Selfish mm-hmm. side of me, um, that I hate to this day. But anyway, I saw what it did to him and how much it meant to him. Um, this was ninety-seven. Fast forward, what? I don't even know. I on years? a couple trips
4: after the yeah. different between that time. We'd went. I'd went on a couple different trips. Yeah. Uh, well, no.
2: We went together. We went together because we the went one to when I come back from
4: Haiti, I said I saw how it affected you. And I said, okay, I'm I am never going trip. I'm another not going to go on a trip you. without you because mm-hmm. I, I don't want that to put a wedge between mm. our, in our marriage. Mm-hmm. So I said, if the next one's going to go, you have to go with me.
2: So about 2001.
4: Yeah. Our church had, I was on the missions board. I've always been an adventurer by heart. I love travel and I love seeing different places. I signed up. I was trying to, I tried talking to my dad and give me a year to go with YWAM when I was in high mm-hmm. school. Hmm. That was absolute not, no way. So I've always had that (laughs) heart to just see and do. And well, then once I went, and so I was involved in missions in our church. And every time I kept hearing, we need blue collar workers on the field because to be able to do things, fix things, a lot of the missionaries. Alaska, though. Oh, yeah. um, Our church started supporting uh, a gentleman up in Alaska.
2: Homer, Alaska. Yeah,
4: Homer, Alaska. Super, super neat couple. He compares him to the old circuit preacher, only his horse is an airplane, and he ministers to the people down in the Aleutian Islands. Hmm. So um, they had wanted somebody to go down and visit with him, just get to know him and everything else. See their ministry
2: firsthand. Howard
4: comes up to me again, Pastor Cherry, and goes, I know you want to go. I go, dude, you're talking to the wrong person. I'll go tomorrow. (laughs) I said... You got to talk to her. You get her to agree, I'm in. Yeah. No No worries. What were you doing at the time? I was a mechanic with McAllister's, okay. field service tech for McAllister's. Oh, Macalester. so you've
3: always done that. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Sorry, that was an interruption. No, yeah. I'm was just thinking, right? how do you get away? Like, yeah. Because you know, that is a struggle for some people today. Of, yeah, like, absolutely. Having the ability to say, even if I was excited about yeah. doing yeah. work for God, like I can't get off. Or when I was waste. a
2: hairstylist and I was she her own business, own business yeah. so mm-hmm. I could do whatever. Yeah. So anyway, I agreed to go. She
4: agreed to go. Her and I and the youth pastor went up and visited him. And then I Homer, Alaska is one thing. That's a different part of America that most people don't understand is that's America, but that's a different world. Oh yeah. But
2: the Aleutian Islands, And then
4: we flew down for three hours south, straight down into the Aleutian Islands, and then the visited Bary there Keys. for a few days and went down another two, two hours and then hung, hung a hard rate right, right out into the Bering Sea and went to another little island called the Nelson Lagoon. It's a fishing island, mm. 12 families on the island, mm. barely big enough for a runway and 12 houses, <laughs> and it's strictly a fishing place where all the people fish. God really worked on her heart there to see that this is still America because the mm. house we stayed
3: in <laughs> was rough. Yeah. I mean, real rough. <laughs> Yeah, so, Jana, how did you do – I mean, again, how did you do with the whole – because that part of – like, when we would take trips to Guatemala all the time, so, I mean, we didn't stay in rough conditions, but when you would hike up into the mountains, like, Mm -hmm. we have to stay in churches, and, I mean, everybody's getting bug bites, and you're pooping in the place that – I mean, is that... No hot water. I mean, that outhouse is like... Oh, yeah. I mean, if you do have hot water, it's from a widowmaker, yeah. you know, that you're not sure if it's going to work or not. Yes, so, exactly. Like, was any of that an uh, issue for you? Like, I don't know where...
2: I mean, I struggled okay. on a daily basis. I was like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. I can't do this. But when you're there and you don't have any other choice, yeah. you just make it work. Right. So right. I did. Mm-hmm. We lasted there for what? We were there for a week, week and a half. Yeah, we Came back have... home, and I felt super, super guilty, convicted mm. about mm. all that I had. Mm. It's like I went into my house, and I just cried. Yeah. It's like, this is crazy. I just mm-hmm. lived for two weeks without any of this. Right. Why do I have all this? Yeah. Um, But I still wasn't convinced I was going to be a missionary. <laughs> yeah, right? But God was, stirring but God was starting mm-hmm. to stir me. Mm-hmm. At that point. Um, trying to remember the sequence of things. Um, I remember that was the first time I'd ever committed to reading the Bible through in a year, and I journaled along with that. Mm. And I just I kept telling God every day when I prayed and I journaled, it was like, okay, you put me together with this man who loves you and longs to serve mm. you. He's the love of my life. I need to somehow come alongside of him. Mm. Mm. Some way, somehow. I still don't want to leave home, but if I leave home, not too far from home. Um, But anyway, God just started opening my heart just through that journaling and devotion time. It was really cool. Hmm. Um, So then that led us to uh, Barbados. We We had started talking about
4: looking at opportunities to serve.
2: With Operation Mobilization. Yeah,
4: so we actually went down and spent a couple weeks on one of the ships. Thinking
2: we were going to serve with them permanently. On the ship.
3: Were you taking your kids with you on any Mm -hmm. of
2: these? We did, not to to Alaska, but Mm -hmm. to Operation
4: to Barbados. We Mm -hmm. did worked on a ship for a couple weeks. That kind of just logistics wasn't going to work. Just the whole scenario, it wasn't working out right, and we so at this
3: point, you're processing like, okay, we're trying to find the place we want to be. Yes, missionaries. Yes, so
2: kind of. I was still wishy-washy, yeah, so so, right. but I was
4: you're more open, open to you, oh, yeah. You're, so you're open and I'm praying. Like, she's, she's if not- I get her to enough places, <laughs> she's <laughs> going to pick the one, and we're yeah, going to go. Yeah. So literally, like, a few months later, we were done. To-
2: when Barbados didn't work out, I was sealed in my mind. We were done. Missions mm-hmm. was out of the picture. Hmm. So now you okay. can go. So a few <laughs>
4: months later, I was online looking. One of our families that we supported was down in... Um, Panama. Panama. They were one of the last families out in Panama and they just started the teaching down there. So I was online kind of doing some follow up with them and talking and looking where they were at. And I seen that NTM at the time had a New
2: Tribes Mission. New Tribes Mission had a what did it associate associate okay.
4: program. Hmm. That's interesting. Click on it. You can go from
2: four weeks to six months years. to
4: four years. And it's it's blue-collar... Well, it's basically... There's a list, literally pages of jobs from everything, from accounting, teachers, mm-hmm. mechanics, whatever. So I thought, hmm, all right. So I type in diesel mechanic. Pink, up pops, two countries, two of them, two opportunities. One was like, and eh, no. And the other one was like, <laughs> Papua New Guinea. I'm like, I don't even know where Papua New Guinea was. Yeah. But I thought, Neither does anybody <laughs> else. No. But I'm like, okay. So I started filling out the questionnaire because I at click married computer,
2: while the kids and I are watching, watching a movie. A movie. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I don't
1: know what he's doing.
4: I click submit because, and because I click married, it pops her form up. Oh,
3: that is hilarious.
4: <laughs> yes. So I go, hey, Jana, uh, why don't you come here and take a look at this and fill this, just see what it is. And she's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, it's just, I said, it's an associate program. Give her the skinny on it. I said, it's not going to hurt anything. I said, yeah. what can happen? Right. I go to work. At that time, I'm out of the house by 4.35 o'clock. at 10 o'clock at
2: night. Yeah, I go to the house.
4: I leave. She calls me at 9 o'clock in the morning going, what the heck did you do? <laughs> she goes, I've been on the phone the last two hours. with." They
2: called me at 7 a.m. No. New, no. Times New Transmission. Mission. New Tribes Mission going,
4: they really, really want somebody. They'd been looking for a mechanic for mm. a long time before that. We found out after we got there talking just another God thing. Two weeks prior to me going online, they had they had Mechanic for a year almost, got no hits on it, changed it to Diesel Mechanic, and I clicked it up two weeks later. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So long story short, they called us, and they're like, well, this is March.
2: First of March. First
4: of March. They go,
2: can Think you, be, you can here be here by, by June?
4: June? I'm like. <laughs> Wow. Um, I've been around a few families getting ready to go to the field, and that's usually like a couple-year process. Right. But I go, here's the deal. I said, I know who's in charge. I don't know how this works. I said, you start sending this paperwork, because there is a ton of paperwork to fill this out before all the application process mm-hmm. and everything else. We were accepted in May.
2: And on the field on, in September. And on the
3: field in September. How did the well, kids mm-hmm. take it?
2: They were... It was amazing how they took it. Back. Okay. To backtrack just a little bit, it was before we went to Barbados,
3: yeah. I believe. Yeah, we were sitting down. But we
2: sat them. We just had a little family meeting, and it's like, look, we feel God calling us mm-hmm. somewhere to do something. We and don't how old know are they that at this point? Um, they were 12.
1: No. Nope. 11 and, and 8 11 and when 8. we left for the field, so yeah. they would have been probably 10 yeah, and Yeah, either way, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Yeah. Um, but we said, we don't know what it looks like. Hmm. And they're like, you know, I don't think they fully understood mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but they're like, sure. okay. Yeah. And then when we told them we were going, they never fought it. No, never. they were
4: mm-hmm. both on board. Not once. I, I mean, none, none,
2: none of they us, might none. tell us differently now. I don't know. <laughs> none but. of us
4: had any idea of what we were getting into. We was just packing everything up. And then so we just, that was the thing too. Is a really cool, quick, I'll trade it quick is God had been wrestling with Jana on
3: I own everything you have. God. Everything mm-hmm. I have
4: is everything you have is mine. Right. So you can either relax, let me be in charge, or if I if something happens and I decided to take something, it's going to hurt a whole lot worse. And she used the example of an open mm-hmm. hand well, to form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if my you got to rip open. it out of your hand, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt. But yeah. if you leave it open for God yeah. to do what He wants mm-hmm. to do, yeah. And that was just it was. There's so many side stories of just everything clicked mm. right. one boom, boom, boom. I mean, obviously if anybody knows that is not okay. the norm and does not happen. And we left for the field, a hundred percent supported.
3: Yeah. And so can you talk about just from a time standpoint, like, can you talk about, so you get there. So can you talk a little bit about your experience, you know, in the mission field and how that went from, I'm assuming. Do you both have jobs out there when you're doing it? Yes. And how does that all work with kids? And yep. yeah, maybe just give us some highlights of some things that yep. you guys did and what went on. And
2: Yeah, we went to, um, it was called Interface. It was a high-level missions course. It
3: was a college-level
2: missions college course. College-level missions course um, in it, the middle of the jungle and for Papa people me. from all over the world, college mm. age, to come it's an and intro. learn about missions. Hmm. Um, so we worked on this campus. I was, I worked in the business office, hmm. um, alongside some of the nationals that lived there, um, just to keep the place mm-hmm. running. Herb was of course the diesel mechanic. Um, and there was a mission school about
4: <laughs> it was 11 miles. It was 11, 11 miles door to door.
2: About an hour drive. <laughs> yeah.
4: Rainy season that turned into an hour and a half, yeah. two hours. Right. So our
2: kids went to, went to the mission school, um, Which that was awesome in itself because we had um, pre-field training orientation in Sanford, Florida prior to going. Mm. So we met a bunch of the Mm. associate program people that were going to the same place as we were. They were all going before the school year started. We weren't going to get there for like two months in. Um, So they got there. We made close relationships with them. They started writing to our kids Mm. because some of them were teachers. They wrote to our kids... They took pictures of their classmates. They mm. took pictures of the school. They went into the home we were going to live in and took pictures of the home and told us what all we needed. Mm. So that helped prepare our kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Just they knew kids before they got there. Right. They just, yeah, they were ready to go. Yeah. It was
4: because, like, I was a mechanic when we were out there. Um, partway through our term, they were short dorm parents the one year, so they asked us to go into the headquarters to be dorm parents, so we went into where the school was, and we were dorm parents to eight kids for a year.
2: Not my forte. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was that was that was eye opening. It was good. It was
4: eye opening, but it was good. Um, um, and and then, Eleven
2: kids, sixth grade through twelfth grade. Yeah,
4: and then after that, I became easiest way to explain it was is because the infrastructure in Papua New Guinea is not the greatest, so we right. had to create our own infrastructure. Easiest way to explain it: I was a talent manager, so I had all the nationals that worked for me and helped oversee. And if once you become any sort of mechanic, anything mechanic, that <laughs> can be anything from phone systems to washing machines <laughs> to you name it, you're it. And there's a few times like we had like the gensets, the engine part, I'm good. Electrical, no, right. But we had literally teams coming over, and we shucked a block, a rod through the side of the block on a generator had to redo a bunch of stuff and me and God had some serious intense fellowship over <laughs> what the heck is this all but I'm I mean you I mean it was greatest time but there were some times to where you're like god if there's an airplane tomorrow mm-hmm. I would be out of here so fast cuz mm-hmm. but you just it was an, one of the greatest gifts we were ever given yeah so mm-hmm. can you
3: talk about like over there what did God do in your heart? Like I know you did a bunch of things, but what was it over there? Cuz I want to like talk about that and then talk about the adjustment of having to come back cuz I think oh, that is the That other, was hard. That was that is extremely a, hard. In my opinion, that's a huge struggle. Oh yeah. When you're out there serving in a place and then you mm-hmm. come back to this, it's a big shift. So maybe some things that in the mission field that you felt like God did not specific things, but maybe for you personally.
2: Yeah. You got
4: anything? I would say the biggest in my life verse I've always kind of hailed into is Proverbs 3, 4, 5, and 6. That like just totally come to life for me there of just you have to trust in God. This mm-hmm. And even when we get ready, when you're getting ready to go, it has to be a God thing. And that was mm-hmm. one of my kind of my mm-hmm. things to even because I'm an adventurer was God, this has to be you. This cannot be me mm-hmm. or it's not going to work. Right. And he just over and over again just mm-hmm. proved to me I got this just stay calm, let me do it. And I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. like I said, sometimes some of the cultural stuff, West, we can all learn that Mm -hmm. just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong, but that doesn't mean that it's the easiest thing to Mm -hmm. understand or accept. And that was just trusting in God through that. Being a patient, I'm a, when it comes to my job, I'm pretty driven on Get it done, knock it out, go. Right. Yeah, that's not happening over there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Take forever to, to get it done. There's yeah. a 45 minute conversation for one. If the guys come around, that before you even know what they're coming for or visit or anything like right. that, and it's just learning to trust that that was a cool mm-hmm. thing. That was that was fine. That's right. that's okay. And it just, all, just mostly it's just the relying on God that no matter what the situation, and even getting ready mm-hmm. to go. We had so many people ask us, or people even today ask, "Weren't you afraid?" And I'm like. No, mm-hmm. yeah, I said it's the same God that's here, that's mm-hmm. everywhere. He created this big blue ball that mm-hmm. we sit on. That's so, because they
3: they watched into the spear. And they thought <laughs> yeah. like you guys were Jim Elliott <laughs> flying into the. That's the
2: same <laughs> organization we went with. Was yeah. it?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see into the spear? Yeah. <laughs>
4: oh, I mean, there's there is those, and but it, but at the same time, it's there's a hymn that mm-hmm. I want to talk about. Is we used to sing that I can't really sing anymore. It's I surrender all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just. Because do we say it? Can, but will you, you, can you do it? Will but you do, you do you mean it? it? Yeah. Do you mean like, it? I mean, that's really? mm-hmm. those are some big words that can get pretty ugly. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So that was the big thing when you were there, like the yeah. learning to surrender to yep. the, the plan that God has, and yep. because yeah, so, it's yeah. not always yours, and
4: you're yeah. not always ready for what. Mm-hmm. But he just. But the, th- the crazy thing of it is, once you grasp that, he just wants you to be obedient. Yeah. He wants you to go and be obedient, and he's got it. More times than not, he's going to put you in situations that you're not ready for. Right. But he's
3: got it. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you guys then transition out. How long were you there? Seven, Seven years. years. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a long time. I didn't think it was that long. Okay. So we,
2: Well, we signed up with the associate program, which was anywhere from six months to four years. Mm-hmm. Okay. We chose the four years at that time just because...
4: We were going.
1: We're doing this. Mm -hmm.
2: We're doing it. We're doing it all. We're not just going to go for six months and turn around and Mm come back. So we sold everything, our house, everything, went for four years. And at the end of four years, they came to us and said, it's not the norm, but would you consider going (sighs) full-time with us? Hmm. Um, So we left the associate program and went full-time, thinking that's going to be the rest of our life. Mm -hmm.
3: Right. Doing the same things you were doing, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. committing but to But then
2: that. three years later, Alicia was a senior, so she graduated from high school over there. Um, and we were coming back that year anyway to get her settled into college mm-hmm. back here, um, visit family, raise support for a year. But at that time when we got home, um, well, during that year period, the recession took place. It was mm-hmm. just our support dropped quite significantly. Hmm. We had people just, you know, they couldn't afford to keep us on, so they, so that dropped. Um, we came home, got her back here, and my mom's health was failing quite tremendously, and I have a special needs brother who she always took care of him, hmm. and she wasn't able to do that anymore. Um, long story short, we just felt like God was calling us to be there for them Mm. and not turn around and just leave Mm. again. Right. Um, So at that time, we just put it on hold and decided to stay back here, not thinking that was going to end it, but Mm. it ended up ending it because Mm. they needed our full-time care. Mm. So it was a very, very difficult decision.
3: Yeah. yeah, and now, so talk about the adjustment. What was the biggest adjustment to being back? What still is the biggest adjustment mm-hmm. to being back from the mission field? Mm-hmm. How long have you been back? Oh, we came back in, two. we 11. were done
2: in the field in 2012. 12, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's been a good many years now.
4: It's just, I don't know, it was, sometimes this the narrow-mindedness of people of not being willing to
2: Step outside of their box. Step outside the box or Mm.
4: even accept other people just because people are different than you. Mm. That like I said, different is not bad. Mm. Just because Mm -hmm. people do, I mean, we see the immigrants coming over the Burmese and all the different things, the different people groups that come into the United States. I'm not going to the political side of it, but yeah, it's their people. God's (laughs) are we as believers are still called to love unconditionally and do what we can. They're people. And I feel like people won't even give them a chance because they're different mm-hmm. and they do things different, and mm-hmm. that's that's always a really hard thing. Um, and then just the the stuff, yeah, this stuff, and how everybody is pushed. The I back then I had a. a I wrote in the front of my Bible, busy, being under Satan's yoke, but I have it highlighted in the front of my Bible. Oh, wow. And that's like the only thing you hear nowadays is everybody runs 200 miles an hour, and it's like maybe slow down with your family, slow down to
2: That's the biggest thing.
4: Regroup. That's we probably we the,
2: had so much quality family time there, mm. and now here it's just like... Mm. You get back in the rat race.
3: Yeah, you get back in the rat running, race. Running, and run
4: I mean, this the stupid thing, the one of the most overwhelming things did is was a grocery store. We yeah. literally walked in, walked back out. <laughs> it was just Too you walking choices. In or, mm-hmm. you're in there, you're in a country where if you see it on a shelf, you probably better grab mm-hmm. it because mm, it's not necessarily gonna be there next week or the right. next month or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Right. To come in here where there's like fifty different varieties of the same thing and yeah. you're just like overwhelmed mm-hmm.
3: with it, you just it's like,
4: I'm I, out. i I, yeah. go. I got
3: to regroup. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, that's a huge... I mean, again, I think the adjustment back, which I think is interesting, too, because when you learn on the mission field, you know, the integration into culture and understanding culture and understanding people for the sake of giving them the gospel, yep. right? And so the funny thing is, is that America is a cultural melting pot anyway. So yep. the idea of being... A missionary in America, but the problem is, is that we don't want to get out of our culture. Yeah. Right? If we're not white, middle class, right. You know what I mean. Fits Very your true. social, economic, demographic. You know what? Even to the point of what you like, the things that you like. We can't, we struggle to expand our borders out to understand the culture of other people, just for the idea of giving them Jesus. And we wonder why the churches don't grow. Right. Right.
4: Yeah, it's (laughs) should have been a clue when we were going through our pre-training thing that like they spent like two weeks on conflict resolution. Mm. But I just some reason that never like engaged (laughs) in my head till you get to the field and you're like, holy smokes, they're all we're all believers, we're all Christians. Right.
2: But they're still. But there's
4: so much difference in just. West Coast, East Coast, in the u s then mm-hmm. you add in England, China, London, right. all the different countries and and then you divide then you actually get to the people that you came to in the other culture right. on whatever country mm-hmm. you're in it's like,
3: woo, yeah, all righty yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so as we're here at the end, the I think the mm-hmm. big question that I think most people through your story are going to ask, what can I do to prepare myself to surrender?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: because I think that what you just said—that concept of hard to sing it today mm-hmm. because the words take on meaning, but the the understanding as a Christian person—that's what we're called to do—is right. mm-hmm. to surrender. But probably the hardest thing to do, like to mm-hmm. surrender, I surrender all right, like to get to the place mm-hmm. where you're willing to, like Janice said, live with open hands. Don't get in pride open all the time. That's that's way more difficult. If the young people that are watching couples that are watching, people that are watching, what are some things that they can do to get their heart to a place where they're willing to surrender? Not that there's a magic pill, right. but just, I mean, mm-hmm. is there something like that you would recommend to them? One of the first things that
4: come to my mind is just put others first. Mm. Don't put, put somebody else first, do something not about you. It's not, life's not all about you. Put them first and Mm
1: -hmm.
4: get out of your box to study, whether it's your spouse, whether it's your siblings, kids, even young kids. Do we really know each other? Do we take the time? And as a kid, I never did. But it's Mm -hmm. just taking the time to put other people first and understand. And then you just kind of expand that out to the people that are around you. I mean, you don't have to drive too far Mm -hmm. around Huntington. You see the homeless people and all that and just... There's opportunities. It's just it's sure. not about us. Get beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, God reminds us sometimes to die to ourselves. That's yeah. That's every day. Every day. <laughs> yep. Right. And if you you have to to you have to. It's that's got to be a daily thing that, between the conversation between you and God. That, yeah. Because otherwise, it's too easy for Satan to come in and want to pump you up. Right.
3: Right.
2: And for me, it was just surrendering myself to daily be diving into the Word mm-hmm. and journaling and mm-hmm. talking to God and listening to God. Yeah, that's not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was literally at how old were we when we went thirty-eight? Mm-hmm. I was thirty-eight years old before I ever did that for the first time. Mm. And it was real, and we I really felt God talking to me. So it didn't really feel like surrendering to me. Right. I just felt like, this is what we're supposed to do. We'll do it. Right. Um, but, yeah, just being open to just sit and listen.
4: Yeah. One, quick, one other thing that I did that I would recommend it's not easy to do, especially in today's world, is mimic what Jesus did, get away. Mm-hmm. Before we left the mission field, I literally took mm-hmm. our camper and put— I think some crackers, some water, very minimal food. And I went to the campground and shoved it back in the farthest corner I could find Mm -hmm. and spent, I don't know, it was three or four days, Mm -hmm. just my Bible Mm -hmm. and God. And Mm -hmm. that was just, that was a huge thing of just get away, listen to him, what he's got to say. I think sometimes we're so busy Mm -hmm. vocalizing what's going on in our own world, we don't give him a chance to really speak into our lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was a huge thing mm. in my life of that just that time of getting away.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and isolating mm-hmm. yourself so you have to, whether it's through journeying, journaling, journaling, yeah. reading, yeah. isolation and prayer, whatever those, yep. uh, whatever yeah, whatever those those things are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, we're at we're at the <laughs> end. So I mean, I mean it, it's it reminds mm-hmm. me you know a lot of my early years was doing a lot in the mission field and. I say a lot, did a lot of mission trips and led a lot of mission trips. And, you know, it's been a while. So just hearing you guys share about, like, just reminds me of what it used to feel like every time that you were there, the whole reminding Mm -hmm. of, and used to say, you know, the the best thing you could ever do for your children is get them into the mission field because Mm -hmm. I guarantee you their perspective on life changes Mm -hmm. when they when they spend time with
2: very much so
3: people that are
2: yeah
3: completely happy with very little yeah, yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. a a big mm-hmm. perspective change and I don't know why this is but a lot of my youth kids to this day from way back when will be like it was the first time that I really saw God move mm-hmm. you know what I mean There's just something that happens when you get away on a mission trip yeah. whether it's Some people are like, well, God only does that in other countries. He can't do Mm it in the United States. And I'm like, I don't really know. I think Mm -hmm. it's more about you being open. Right. And like your heart Mm -hmm. is just like, what else are you going to do? You're out there serving the Lord. You've hiked to the top of a mountain. Mm -hmm. You're eating crappy food. (laughs) You know, you put yourself in a position of, surrender whether you like it or not you have to right. at that point and it's just I think it's funny to see the way God works you yep. know in those yep. those situations so through your story I mean that's the thing that just kept resonating with me mm-hmm. is if we could just get our plate get to a place where if we could learn whether it was your humility in the beginning to be able to fix your marriage I guess, not that it was broke, mm-hmm. but needed... Yeah, it needed, you know, it needed Humility, <laughs> yeah. that was a, that was a mm-hmm. piece of surrender, you know, to get to the place where your heart was open, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to get to there, to the, to the place where you're willing to give it all up. And then once you're even there, I think this is the other part people forget, is even when you take a step... You're still surrendering oh, yeah. like, on the mission field, mm-hmm. you know,
4: Absolutely. You know, when you're be. over
3: there, whatever, whatever that stuff looks. And even the fact of, and I've heard you guys talk about this, is that, you know, it wasn't, when well, I say it wasn't by choice. I mean, it's not like you left the mission field disgruntled. Right. Like you felt like God mm-hmm. was working. And yeah. so it was another surrender, right? Yeah. Like you had to leave and come back to another thing that God called you to do. And so I just think it's exciting for people that are listening and your story of learning a lifetime of surrender. And I'm super excited that you guys are at life and that we can, you know, be on that journey with you guys and watch the things that God continues to do with you and through you. And, you know, that that tons of people can can learn, you know, from that. And yeah, yeah, that you can... Yeah, maybe you're our new, like, missions. <laughs> right? like, that popped adventure. in my head, yeah, so, right? you like, know, hey, I never know. Yeah we, yeah, we need to get back overseas again. Yeah, you know, that'd, be awesome. that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. On some mission trips. So, yeah. again, thank you. Really mm-hmm. appreciate it. For you guys that are, uh, whether you're watching or listening, don't forget, uh, when this comes out on Friday... That's right, Nick. Did I say it right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He said it beforehand. I couldn't remember when it's going to come out. So when this comes out this week, you know, make sure you like, share, comment, uh, because that'd be able to get this feed on a, you know, onto other people's feeds so they can see your story, that they can watch it. Um, and then also, are you, I forget, are you guys second service? First service. First, first service. First service. Yep. So if you come to the first service, make sure you look yeah. there in the middle, <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: I'm just always amazed. You know where people sit. I mean <laughs> sixteen rows underneath back, underneath the screen. The, that's the what screen. I say on the
3: outside edge. Like you, you usually. Yep. Wow. That's where you, you pay got, attention. Don't oh, you. And
0: <laughs> he's preaching, and he sees yeah. all this stuff happening. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. No. Yeah, so that amazing. make sure you come up and say hi. You know, because again, I think that, especially for for a lot of people in our in our church today, they could learn a lot from you, and that mm-hmm. they would benefit from a relationship and wisdom and so come up say hi make sure you uh again take an opportunity to to not only say mm-hmm. hi possibly build a relationship and that'd be awesome yeah mm-hmm. see yep. see where that goes from there so yeah. well, thank you and thanks everybody for listening and watching we'll see you guys next week
0: bye